welcome everyone to another episode from my mom's garage home theater edition as always this is your host tony with my boy nicky what up what up what up what up bro how you doing i'm good i'm chilling you're chilling you're chilling chilling yeah chilling, chilling. all right so let's kick this off so last week we were talking about um what fandom has changed the most yeah right so then I fell into the other one was uh, they had four options, but one movie had to go. Ah, oh, the the I, f- I feel like that's the Facebook trap or the Facebook. Uh, it is because you go into the to the comments and start seeing what other people say. Things. Yeah. And then see if people argue over it or something. I know it's or agree or disagree. I feel like it's one of those situations where you're trying to be. Um, not as controversial with what you write to see if you can get people to comment, but you definitely want people engaged. Yeah. So the four options. Yeah. So one movie got to go. So it would have to be The Never Ending Story, mm-hmm. Ghostbusters, Gremlins, or Beetlejuice. Which one would it be? So Never Ending Story. Yeah. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Gremlins. Gremlins. And Beetlejuice. Never any story. Really? Yeah. Why? I want to hear your reason why. So, okay. So here's the thing. I know people, I know it's controversial however you want to look at it, but I think about each movie and what part it played in my life as far as like my memories. Yeah. And Never Any Story was amazing. I, I honestly never understood why they didn't. And I know they made up sequels, but just, I feel like that was like, that would be the most amazing, at least reimagining I could ever think of. Right. Yeah. Oh, However, I just feel like it it falls even a little bit, like a minute, tiny bit short of Ghostbusters. Where, and don't get me wrong, that, that well, so Ghostbusters was this, was right behind. No, 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 no. no. I'm not saying I'm, I was going down the list. I was gonna say like, as far as Ghostbusters, I'm trying to think of how like I want to say how it impacted me. Yeah, but it just it's just a good memory. It was almost like it it, it was a sci-fi. Uh, movie that had to do with ghosts, which I love, and but it was feel good, which yeah, it's a very rare. I don't know, like sometimes you don't see that combination. But then you have Beetlejuice that was darker, and I feel like obviously by that time I watched that one, I felt like it was more up for it, and it just was so weird, and I loved it. I just loved how it celebrated being weird. Okay, and then you have um, Gremlins, Gremlins, and that's another one where you're just like, these are movies that technically were supposed to be like. Family movies, right? Gremlins was a family movie, man. And that thing was basically like my introduction to horror. Yeah. And I loved it, though. It, it did. It, it introduced me to horror in a way where I didn't feel like I was traumatized. And then, like, you know, like I loved it to the point where I wanted to embrace more. But technically, okay. like, I think about it sometimes. I'm like, damn, that was a... I watched this again. I'm like, damn, that's a that was a, a family movie. Yeah, no, I get A you. family horror movie. You know what I'm saying? So, like, those three movies, I feel like... And don't get me wrong. Never in the Story... <laughs> Never in the Story has one of the most iconic scenes that will always be devastating to me. Oh, yeah. But other than that, I really... Betray I'm like... you know. But that's the thing. Other than that scene, I don't... Artex. Huh? Artex. What do you mean? That's the, the horse's name. Oh. Artex. But uh, aside from that scene, I felt like the rest of the movie does not hold up as much as those three other movies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm sorry. Like if I had to, if I had to chop one off my, my had, block, yeah. it would have to be Never Ending Story. Okay, 
As far as the way my childhood was. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. So I was I was thinking about it when they were headed and and I think the two and I've been going back and forth and it would my two would have been either uh two, you said one. Two. No, no, I'm talking I'm talking okay. I've been debating between two. So the two I was keeping was definitely never ending story and and Ghostbusters. Those are the two you're gonna keep no matter I'm what. Keeping. Yeah. Never ending story. I don't I since I've first watched it to this point, I've always like when I was a little kid when I was watching it, I always envisioned me as the main character. Like to the point that sometimes I would mimic him reading on fucking yellow pages. I wonder whatever happened to that actor. I don't know. Because think about it, he did that one and he did Daryl. And Daryl's another one that people don't talk about as much. Oh yeah, he did. But you don't hear people talk about it. you don't like you don't see it like that was such a B movie. It was amazing. was it a B movie? It I was felt like it was a it was it was a, it was it was a, a B. like I don't know. It doesn't feel like a B movie when I watched it as a kid. Like I thought it was gonna be a a memorable movie. No, it was it was it was definitely a B movie. It was definitely set up as to be like almost like a Disney special type movie. Nah, I felt like a step a step above it. It was a it was right in the interim, right between like a huge blockbuster like. Where they toss all their money in, mm-hmm. and then those like, where they have that Disney movie that used to come out in theaters. It was right in between that gap. It's like I just felt like it was. I don't know if I would. Yeah, I would reconsider calling it a B movie, but it was high upper like middle budget movie. I just thought it was gonna be one of those movies that was going to be referenced, like it was gonna be part of not pop culture. Yeah, but not necessarily like a hardcore pop culture, but at least a a kind of like a quick nod. Yeah, type like, thing okay. like you. Like for example, family. I I I figured like family. I was gonna do something about it in some case or some way. Yeah. But like for example, Family Guy did not make fun of Daryl, but they made fun of Vicky, the um, the the TV show. Was it called the Vicky? But the one that that uh, basically the little girl robot. Yeah, the, the TV. It was a TV yeah, show. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. That hit the the the, um, the spectrum of the show. Like that hit the the pop culture reference yeah. versus Daryl, which I thought was weird. So yes, you you were on the fence. You those two movies were gonna be standard thing. Yeah. So it, would, it was between Gremlins and Beetlejuice, and I feel like whichever one you're gonna pick, I'm I'm just gonna judge our relationship forever. <laughs> whichever <laughs> depends which I pick, or does it matter which one I pick? Oh, I mean, I think it does matter, but I'm trying to see like how. Like, go ahead. So, all right. So, my my thought process was like, I feel oh, like you. Oh, wait, wait. Can I pick? Can I? Can I just? Can I? Um, wait. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just feel well, like. Well, you know what? You have a pen I feel and like paper. I know. Okay, let me you write it down. I'm gonna write it down. You write it down while I'm talking about it. So, I feel that I grew up with both of them, and I guess one part of me was like keeping Gremlins because just <laughs> Mogwais, and they came up with a great sequel to it. But then the other hand of me went to Beetlejuice. It was like it's such iconic with Michael Keaton and and everything that was around mm-hmm. it. It was very, uh, it it was a new twist, a very in, like uh, unique perspective on horror or mm-hmm. like the the Im- imagination of horror that came through Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I was going back and forth. I'm like, which one? And and I think in uh, a lot of it was based on the how the movie was made and the continuance of it but and now talking to you regarding the impact as it as growing up watching it i think i would keep 
Beetlejuice and let go of Gremlins. Wow, I that I misunderstood because I thought you were gonna get rid of Beetlejuice. <laughs> but I can't believe you got rid of Gremlins though. It was it's a tough choice. I, I, don't know, I, 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 I would want to keep them both, but if I had to choose one to go, I don't know. I think Gremlins would be I'm the one so to go. I'm so shocked. I would have loved the Magwai. Magwai. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would rather have a Falcor than a Magwai. Nah, I like the Magwai. Fuck Magwais. In this case. All right, so. Really? See, I was going yes. to say something else. But like, I don't want to invite that kind of hate. You seem like you are okay with it. <laughs> So, all right. So, leading into this, which is yes. it was great about talking about iconic movies or movies that impacted us as children growing up. Uh, there was a recent interview with Peter Jackson yeah. that he was in very in heavy consideration of getting hypnotized and forgetting everything about Lord of the Rings and that he made it. Reason being was because he wants to watch it as a fan. So this comes into the question of is with that being said, I'm like, that's crazy because I'm like, you, there's very few chances or there's very rare opportunities that you'll ever get to rewatch or re-experience something again in the same way you experienced it the first time. Right. There's very few things that you were able to, depending a meal, it could be another cheeseburger. Burgers are the same, but you ate burgers before, but if you eat a different burger, it's a whole different experience every time. It's different from a movie because you'll get to enjoy the movie or books. So that leads into the question is what would be a movie or TV show? Let's see TV show include TV show that you would want to watch. Although if you get to if you were the opportunity to get hypnotized and rewatch it as you were watching it for the first time ever. Is there ever is there a movie like that that get that impacted you like that? I'm trying to think, but then I'm also trying to think. Why would he do that? By the way, you know it's like because the thing is, it, it, it before we get into that, the answer that um, we could dive into the the idea. But of I that. just but one thing I want to just kind of pick apart a little bit is is that he, like like this if he watches it right as a fan, like that's the thing I don't think he can. I don't, even if. Even if he gets his mind stripped to believe the, to remember that he made it, even if they never tell him that he made it, so he can watch it, whatever, right? Yeah, I don't think he can, because it's almost like the reason I say that is because it's almost like, have you ever seen something that was so close to your vision of things? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that he can't. He would probably appreciate it, but it was almost like, I just feel like it's almost like you you're looking at your signature. You're looking at something that you know. But this is not even knowing that he did it. Oh. So it's almost like no, 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 no. I know they could even know change it be like yo, directed by Steven Spielberg on the opening credits. He doesn't know anything. No, I get it, but it's just it's so weird because it's almost like I, regardless of how these movie directors or actors do the whole thing, I actually saw a huge video explaining what's called the process method acting, so like that. What mm-hmm. method acting was supposed to be versus what people you do it now. Yeah, and um. It was supposed to draw from you your life experience, period. Not necessarily yeah. that you have to live the life of whoever you're portraying. Yeah, of course. But you're supposed to kind of bring your own your own struggles and pain into your acting, so whatever. So what it's basically like looking at your home videos, not realizing that you're in it. Mm-hmm. It's a very weird way to see it. Like I feel like you would just be kind of looking. It's almost like he just keeps on looking at a mirror. I don't know. I just How feel would like, he be looking at a mirror, though? Because he even, made it. Yeah, but he's not in it. 
doesn't no no I know, but he's but, still it's still his he's still like put it like this, regardless if you take away his memory from making it, yes, he's still a director. He's still somebody who creates this type of work. Yes. And to continue seeing what essentially would be your your own signature being thrown in you, it's I'm not saying that he wouldn't appreciate it, but it would be just very morbid, almost like, wow, wait, that's, wow, that's, that's, I've had that, like, because that's drugs from his life experience. So if he sees something, thing, like, it could have been something that he thought about as a child. He, could, he thought about uh, growing up. He thought about how to bring it to life. And it's almost like, it feels like somebody's telling your own life story back to you. Mm. That's what I'm saying is that people draw I, from, artists I, draw I, from their own thing. Yes, but so he, like, every but everything he's it, deriving from is from another person's. Yes, I understand what you're saying that there's going to be elements of him in the production of it. I agree with you, but it's heavily based on the books. Okay, okay. and that's where they're going. He's going off of it is. But let me just give you one example. Of what I mean, um, I know you haven't watched it yet, so I'm not trying to give you any spoilers. But like, nope, right? This yeah. was made by Jordan Peele. Yes. Now, you have heard that there is a scene that he pays homage to um, Akira. No. Yes. There is a scene. That's what I'm trying to tell you. There is a scene. The only scene that I could think of is what a lot of other people have done so far. I don't know. Which scene is that? The Akira slide. Okay. Bike slide. That's what that's a lot of the movies reference. So a lot of people they'd be like, but oh, they've never, I feel like they've never caught it the way they did, the, the way they did this one. A lot of them. A lot of them. so? Yeah. What I'm saying is that's something that he loved and he brought it because that's as he grew up. Mm. He want, he's want, he wanted, wanted to see it. And I'm just saying that maybe he grew up with the books. Maybe he just saw something similar. I'm just saying is that I get what you're saying. And I understand the, 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 the experiment, the thought experiment that it is. I just feel like there, if he's a true artist and I feel believe he is. Yeah. It would be like somebody is showing his own, his own artwork saying that they're somebody that's taking credit. Somebody is taking something of him, like that is his, and saying it's like he'll feel some kind of way about it. Like either I don't feel like he would though. I just feel like I, I wouldn't. Would. I wouldn't. I don't know. I just look at people's work, regardless of his photography, directing, all this stuff. It's almost like uh, it, and just regardless of how we we draw our inspiration but based on the things that we grew up with. Base, best, best example uh-huh. how I could do it, and this and this comes to, like, through cooking and, and through my wife is like when she cooks. And she puts the meal together. Yeah. Right. And she eats it. She goes like, it's different when I know that I made it and all the parts are in it the way I make it because I was in the whole process of it that it just tastes like food to me. It just it's good, but it, it's a whole different experience. Like if I would have done if I would have done like if she would have never thought she did it, or it was just a plate and they gave it to her, her experience of it would be completely different. Even if it's the same ingredients, same style that she's done it. Is because the process of you making it, you're overthinking every little every little moving part in that process that you you don't get to sit back and appreciate the bigger picture of it because you're already in the minutia and everything from beginning to end, pre, post, production wise, everything. So him taking us if he were able if he was able to or going to whatever it was take hypnotism to seriously and completely eliminate him from that process and have him sit down and watch it. I think he would cry watching it because one, he's always says he's been a big, big, uh, J, uh, or J.R. Tolkien fan. Mm-hmm. So I was like him to see like some damn somebody not knowing that it's him 
put this book, the series, into a visual form with music and storyline and characters so rich that it's emotional to watch. And being the director that he is and knowing that that's his type and like he does a lot of fantasy style movies, one, he would appreciate it. And two, he, he would get it from an experience of a true fan that's been waiting for something to see this to watch. I get what, and, and I agree that it, he would love it, but I'm mean, well, actually it would be one or the other. I feel like he would love it beyond any other fan possible. The reason I say that is because he can, is an artist. He'll be able to see his work without the critique of being an artist. Because you know, thinking like you, but, cre- right, you create, so, uh, you create so, something. So elim- eliminate the artist part of it. But that's what I'm saying. No, no, that's what I'm asking that, you to eliminate the artist part of it because you keep referring back to going. Okay. He's an artist. Re- eliminate the part of him being an artist because then he's just critiquing the work that he's seeing. Now we just uh, we're just adding the human factor of somebody that created something, eliminating the memory and having him sit down and watch something that he's created that's so iconic, based on the fan that he was as a kid watching in real life. Okay, but that's what I'm trying to tell you. It's going to be one of two things. He's either going to be the most appreciative of that to the point where he, I guarantee you no other fan would appreciate it, would have loved it more than him. Because, like I said, regardless of artist or creator, you kind of be a judgmental of your own stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you create something, but all you can see is what you missed, what you could have done better, yeah. you know, things like that, right? You critique if your work is critical, anything, bake or whatever. You probably would appreciate somebody else's work more than yours because you eliminate what you put into it and just appreciate for what it is. Yes. So yes, he would either absolutely utterly love it more than any other fan in existence or I completely hate it. <laughs> yes. The reason I say that is because again, as a creator, he'll probably look at it like everything is almost perfect because maybe he didn't do the things. And even looking at it as a, as an outsider perspective, he'd be like, it'll be so close to good um, that he will start to see the flaws like clear. Yeah, because he'd that'd be, be like, funny. Because like, who, who who made this piece of <laughs> shit movie? I'm doing the complete opposite. Where you're like, who made this fucking? Piece but that's of what I'm saying. It'd be, it would have be one of the two. He'd either be the biggest fan ever or the biggest critic ever. Yeah, no. I get so you. that's why I'm like, I, that's why I find it so bizarre to do that. Because again, he'll be seeing little details that he knew that he probably would go with. But then, oh, like, this is what my movie. I would have done this exactly. Had, and maybe he did, and maybe they just swim with something different or something new or something creative or something like that. But what I'm just saying is like it'll be so close to just what given he envisioned. The 30 hour director's cut. Just have him sit down <laughs> and watch that. So then So that's what I'm saying. He'll either be the biggest fan or the the, the biggest critic. Oh yeah. No, I, I get you. But I think I think he would love it. But because I, I love it. The funny thing is, is that the only thing so I, what would be is going back possible? to my question. Oh yeah. Oh, is, is is it possible? <laughs> I don't know. I've never been hypnotized. I don't know but, if you could hypnotize an entire what was it like? Year, couple of years of that, like, like four or five years, because three movies. Well, it actually, they'd have to eliminate the last couple of years since, like, all the years since the movie was Everything. made. So the last twenty years or fifteen <laughs> years, the movie's been out. Yeah, like because that? it's like that's what made him <laughs> the most uh, household name. So it's like you literally have to forget your last twenty years of life. Yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, back to the question of what movie would I like to see fresh eyes? Yes. Um. Revolver. Revolver? Revolver. Wow. The thing is... I was thinking you were going to go with Fifth Element mm-mm. for some reason. No, because that's that's experiencing joy, right? Because I love that movie. I love the visuals. So, I love so you're experiencing else. pain. Not pain. It's more like realization. Realization. So Revolver... I'm not going to say it's like the best movie of all time. It's not. It really isn't. 
And it's not the movie that, like, I would say, you know, I had the most nostalgia for or, you know, I was super happy, super sad, whatever. It wasn't, it was a movie that opened my eyes to a open new perspective that I'd never had. And I've never really had movies that did that. I've had movies that brought up good ideas that, that opened my eyes to new ideas and new things like that. But this one literally changed my perspective and changed, like, some of the things I did in my life that moment okay and it really it was able to help me release a certain amount of pain that i was going through at the time Alrighty. so okay and this was it felt like it was more of a therapy session than a movie more therapy therapeutic moment than a movie not necessarily therapeutic moment therapeutic therapeutic experience it yeah well therapeutic in the sense of i felt like again like it opened up new perspective therapeutic moments mostly i feel like like something like uh like a release of energy. Whatever. Yeah. This, this felt like it gave me something new. Okay. And it was weird because, again, the movie wasn't anything like crazy. It's just it opened up a new idea. The topic that it would revolve around. Exactly. Okay. So to That's see that with new eyes, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I like, I feel like, I, I like you know, like that, uh, that, you know, that moment when you see the light and the all you hear is like hems, like, yeah <laughs> like that's the kind of moment i would write would love to relive okay that's interesting <laughs> uh, so i've been going back and forth on this one also as well and i was going through mm-hmm. either like iconic movies like the goonies like would i want to re-experience that and i think and i and i think i fell into almost almost like with you as an ex- not therapeutic but just a journey of uh, of what the movie entailed, and it was a, and it and it went through a lot of spectrum of emotions, and that would be what dreams may come, with Robin Williams. See, but there you go. I like that too. Like that one also just it felt like an experience that it didn't have as much impact, but it did have that similar impact in a sense. Yeah, of- it's it wasn't a, it, and that's the thing. I, I like I uh, away from Revolver, for you like you had. This this re, new renowned perspective on something, an aspect of your life. This one I didn't. I appreciated my life more, but at the same time, if you went through this emotional roller coaster with one individual or two of the individuals, mm-hmm. that I feel if I would watch it now without that memory, it would be more intense. Being a parent. Okay. And I think, and because uh, I, I was at the time that I watched it, like of course I was like probably single and didn't have no, I had no kids, so I couldn't re, I couldn't connect. Appreciate it. No, not appreciate it or empathize. Not pre- you can't appreciate that. You you mean empathize? Okay. Uh, I think like, about the movie in general. Appreciate you know, the movie. No, appreciate the movie. No, but I'm talking more yeah, about empathetic for this. Yeah, because I think empathy comes from like the line phrase like I suffer, like I suffer with you, and um. I I was able to empathize, but sympathize. Sympathize. No, yeah. even yeah, could sympathize. Um, but I wouldn't. I wasn't able to like. Oh, damn! That sucks that they're going through that moment. That sucks, and 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 I think I know how it feel. I didn't until now, until having a child and experience the possibility of what that loss could be. Yeah, and that's super intense and. And it sucks to be like, I want to revisit the ceiling to intensify it. No, but I just, I, it, it's a movie that is is in my top five 
interchangeably sometimes. But it's a, it's one of the movies that I think I I I I love the story structure. I love how everything was displayed, and it has one of my favorite actors, Rob Williams, in it that was beyond a lot of a lot. Of, I think top ten of my movies. I think he's at least in four of them. So he he's close to my heart in that aspect with his movies. So I don't know. That would be mine. But. Mm-hmm. Let's keep going to the next topic because yes, sir. We, Talk to so, me, so we we don't get too emotional and caught up with this. <laughs> so the next one is uh, apparently, and let me get your thoughts on this. So we we know that the Rocky franchise. So they had Rocky. Now they have Creed. Yes. Two, one and two, three is coming out with uh, uh, Jonathan Majors playing the villain. But now they announced that they're doing another spinoff of the Rocky franchise called Drago. Yeah. Which apparently is going to be following um, Ivan Drago and his son after the loss of Creed Two. Apparently, I don't know if they're going to be like a prequel to lead up to it, but it, the, another rumor that's going to be a continuation after they get back. They got back to Russia, and is going to follow his storyline. So a lot of people are questioning: like, is it? Do you really need another spinoff? No, of Rocky with this. I mean. It was. It's weird because it's like. I mean, they're, they're like you're basically you doing this kind of takes away the impact of four Rocky four in a way, right? Because Drago. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, they they showed a little bit of empathy and everything in the situation, but obviously they showed the the suffering that he had to go through, right? And Creed, yeah, they after they, four uh, after Rocky four, but it was all welcome. It was all on the. It was all needed in a sense, right? Because you want to show that this is as a villain, you know, even though what you know he did, obviously he's human still. But to, I feel like if you make a spinoff, you're going to try to make him a hero. Well, that's the thing is that he he was a villain due to his environment and what the pressures that he was put through, per se, through his government part four, part and then Creed two, they kind of humanized him more. Give more of a bigger backstory, and a lot of it. There's supposed to be a director's cut that that had included more of his backstory and everything he had to go through, from, I guess, touches on the base of his training, his family life before that to the fight, and then everything after everything that collapsed afterwards. So this one is more like they're redoing like a creed, but through I, Ivan Drago's perspective with his son, as like they're trying to run the like climb the climb the ladder or climb to the championships and they're in Russia. So they're just trying to expand the universe. One thing is Sylvester Stallone wasn't happy about it. But I, I understand that because the whole point was, you know, the fight of someone who basically had like desire. Like, I don't know. Just, I don't, I don't think it, it's going to, I feel like the, it's going to dilute the story. Right. Cause the fact that they were able to make a transition from, uh, from, Rocky Balboa to Creed, I thought was actually real well done. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't necessarily an underdog, but he was somebody who kind of had his own reasons to get in the ring and fight. And I just felt like they were able to make a great transition. Now, if you do the spinoff, I feel like it's just basically going to, it's almost like if, if you had a beautiful, had a restaurant, right? It was the most popular thing ever in the world. Right. And you decided to open a restaurant that, some kind of like some kind of was associated with that first one, but in your own possible way, and it was successful. It was great, you know. 
you know, it, somehow you were able to capture what you got from this one with a new twist. Like Payway and P.F. Chang's. Okay, that, yes. You didn't know but that? But then, no, I didn't know that. So P.F. Chang's has a, has a mm-hmm. uh, more like, uh, what do you call it, a Panda Express version a little bit called Payway, which is more of like fast food P.F. Chang style menu. Mm-hmm. Rim, very limited. And it's more of a quick, uh, easy going, quick in and out. So almost like that. You're saying like if you have a P.F. Chang type of restaurant and you're like, let's do a spinoff of our version of what we have here, but just into more palatable well, no, size. That, it's, that's Creed, though, right? That's yeah. Just, that's Creed. But the thing is, now, if you you have the success and you're still creating it, because technically Creed is two movies in, which is good. It's still, it's still, it's still, it's still in, in, in that process, still in that thing where it's like it can be legendary, right? Yeah, it's uh, still in its infancy. To a certain degree, yes. But then you start decide to do another one, then you're basically just diluting that fan base, that that desire, that story, that structure to something completely off, something completely different, and you're just like, so you're taking not not only gonna, Drago could hurt itself in the sense of if it's gonna be able to to catch an audience. Yeah. But I feel like it's going to dilute the audience that already exists for Creed. Okay, I see what you're saying. You know, I, I just, you know, I don't think it's a movie. Maybe if after Creed is like that, but I feel like they're, again, it just feels like now you're just reaching. Now you're just trying to milk it. Yeah, and that's, and, and you know what's funny? Uh-huh. That's what Sylvester Stallone did, said. He goes, I, I, I hate to see this franchise just be driven by greed. And he was even upset. He took down, but he, he had a post about saying that he was upset with he goes, he's still his friend, and he's, he, he wishes them the best with this franchise, this new spinoff franchise. But he was kind of upset that he never informed him that he's signing on to do it before. He never told Sylvester Stallone oh, another. That, he, that he was doing this. So we have because another he Vin right. Diesel and, and the Hobbs and Shaw moment. Yeah, but I think <laughs> their, their friendship's a lot more sturdier than them two. <laughs> but, yeah, so they, they are... Um, he, did, he took it down, but he was kind of upset that he, he um, Dolph Lundgren didn't contact him before he was saying. And a lot of it falls onto the producer, which owns the rights to the Rocky franchise, which apparently Sylvester Stallone doesn't. No. Even though he wrote it. Yeah, he wrote it. But he, but he, he didn't he, produce he, it. He, so the whole story behind, the big story behind uh, Sylvester Stallone and, this, and uh, Rocky was that he wrote the screenplay for himself. Um, and he actually got offered like a lot of money to, to for the screenplay alone, but he said no that he would prefer a pay cut, not only for the screen not to get the screenplay but also to be in the star movie. in the movie. Yes. Yeah. But he didn't gain rights to it like that, and it's weird. Oh, he sold his rights to it. No, he didn't. It's not because I think when you sell screenplays, I'm not sure the the context of it, but well, the rules of it is just that you're kind of selling your story to somebody. So he sold the story. Yeah. Um. I think, let's say, for example, like Terminator. I think in the long run, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger ended up buying it, right? I, I think that's think why so. he's always in those. And I'm, I'm not sure. I didn't follow. I really think that. that he owns a stake in the, the franchise. Um, but I don't think so. I think while Sylvester Stallone still makes money from the franchise, I don't think he owns rights. Yeah, he. he I don't think he, he owns rights to go to produce anything or stop production. I think Which, he, if he owns, if he owns rights, I don't know if he owns enough. He doesn't stop it. He might not have enough to have a controlling power of it. And that's what I mean. Is like I think that a lot of some artists do that where they just start yeah. buying. Like I mean, sometimes it's an interesting idea. Like would let's say uh, Bruce Willis and and Die Hard. Does he have like a 
I wonder if he owns a stake in it. Probably not. I don't think. I don't think it because it, it didn't. He only did like what five, six. Is it coming out with the sixth movie too? I think. Coming well, he's not one. obviously. So, you know, but yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is, that do they own? Do Does they he, own stake? They always own stake in. They, their, they have residual. Residual. Yeah, residual. I'm saying, but like, do they own controlling stake? I wonder. Like, depending if the, how the deal is after the first one, mm-hmm. maybe because they could because they could be in the first one. Gain popularity, make money, and then once the sequel comes out, they could start being producers of the following movies, so they could own the rights of anything post that, except for the first one. I'm just wondering the reason I especially wonder with Schwarzenegger is because nothing against him is just I don't see why he was in all the sequels, like with the exception of that one Salvation, Genesis, like Salvation. He wasn't. I thought. Oh yeah, he was in Genesis. Yeah. Yeah. So I always wondered if he. If I think Salvation was, was that he they they went with a different production company. No, technically he was in it. My bad. He was. Yes, he was. Oh, okay. No, no, his. Remember they create they they showed his likeness. Oh yes. When he was younger. And, and it was. Gotcha. All right. So, so he, technically he was still in it. So this is a great segue in regards to yes. uh, property rights or intellectual property rights. Mm-hmm. So now this one comes in between the director and producers. Mm-hmm. Of Friday the Thirteenth, because okay. one of the producer announced that there might be a news coming out towards the end of the year that they might be announcing a new Friday the Thirteenth movie. Well, what what do you mean? Why was there like a? They've been going back and forth and and legal in the same terms of how are they going to produce the next movie? And the last one that came out was in two thousand nine. So they've been going. I guess the, there's been a lot of legal litigations in between who's who's producing the movie or how's going to be produced and what 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 is the intention to go forward with it and i guess it's been in, in through litigation for so long i guess they're close to it being that it was announced that something might come out towards the end of this year that will lead into a new friday the 13th movie now the question is because the last one if i recall correctly was a 2009 reboot but yeah but it was grounded it was when every basically started making all the everything grounded, more grounded as far yeah. as uh, these movies. So, were I, they giving the were they giving them heavier backstories? Well, not just backstories. Like for example, you know how the one thing that uh, um, Jason Voorhees is always synonymous for is almost like he never really he never runs after you, he walks, but for some reason he'll show up in front of you. Yeah. So in that uh, reboot. grounded reboot, they yeah. found out that he had there was tunnels, tunnels on the, all underneath the 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 forest and apparently he was using that to cut people off like yeah. you know he would just go and, and get in front of you so you know that's like they were trying to make it more grounded now i don't know what way they're gonna do it because obviously that movie as much as i remember it was cool but it wasn't like it obviously is not like people's Jason first Knight. choice and that was i was corny that was so <laughs> corny i loved it but it was so jason corny. jason in space yeah it was corny but that was the fun part about it i guess you know they're trying to bring these characters back and maybe some of these characters are better when they're grounded or maybe they're not. Like, for example, Halloween. Yeah. Halloween was it was now... I mean, not, it's never really been too... I don't think it's always been cheesy like that. It has. Which one? Well, okay. Uh, yeah, Part three, yes. Okay, yes, the, with the children. But technically, he really wasn't in that movie. Uh, technically, he wasn't. It was like an anthology. So. <laughs> So that's what I'm saying is like, but he's never really been a character that's as cheesy like that. But so I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see how they bring him back, or if they bring him back, if and or 
Honestly, you know what would be it would be interesting more interesting to me if if they actually brought back the original killer because I don't know if you're versed in in Friday Thirteenth. Who was the first killer? The mom, right? Yeah, Jason Voorhees. He was in the first killer. No, it was the he was actually uh, let's just say like this. He was in the original killer. Yeah. So it's like when people say Friday Thirteenth, then you think Jason Voorhees. Technically, he really wasn't the original killer. He was there, but he wasn't the killer. Mm, He was referenced. Yes, he was referenced. I think he wait. I mean, he might have popped up at the end. At the end, yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah, he did pop up. That was, that was iconic. But he was a kid. Yeah. So the mom killed all the kids. Yes. In the in the first one, yes. if you didn't know, spoiler alert. After thirty five years or something. Also, here's another trivia, real quick. Yeah. The mask, right? The mask is what he's known for. It, it wasn't a. It wasn't a ski mask. It wasn't was a hockey a, mask. It was a just a bag with a hole in it. Well, that was the first mask. I was going to ask you. His iconic hockey mask wasn't obviously until I think two. No, he was a killer in two. Did he put the mask at the end? I think, or I thought he got it in three. I think he got it in two. Then he would have gotten it because he started off with the bag. Yeah, he started off with the bag mm-hmm. in part one. Yeah, I mean in part, in part two. Yeah, and he transferred into the ski mask. I thought it was, I thought he didn't get the ski mask till part three. No, I think two. I'm gonna say two. <laughs> okay, so we might possible. Well, question is, you said. The last one was considered a reboot. Was this one was considered? This one might be considered another reboot. Because another reboot. It might be, yeah. With all the, and I think they're gonna go with a lot of the how um, a lot of the current classic or franchise horror movies are going. Mm-hmm. So they they might give it like a twenty twenty two update. Yeah, but that, what's the twenty two update then? No, it's it's either more gory, more even more grounded grounded than the other one. Interesting, interesting characters with it, because you have, you have uh, the Halloween series. Now you have more of a story backstory with Jamie Lee Curtis's character. I think now you have a uh, Chucky that has a whole new cast because of a TV show. So you're following, like, yeah. like an ensemble with it. Uh, you have, and then you have, um, if you look at it as um, the Annabelle series, you have that fa- the family that follows them. So you have you. Not only do you, they're trying to create a villain that they could carry through another franchise series or series of movies, they want you to have a protagonist that whether you could follow with it. Because if you just change it every time, then it just becomes just like a, the '80s movies. It's like well, there's nobody that's hanging on to the to the opposite of him. So you want to hear my professional? The professional. Wow. You right, wanna, <laughs> I want to hear professional opinion on this. No. Okay. So this is my. My educated uh, opinion suggestion. A suggestion? Yes. Okay. Are we going for a Nico Damas thing moment here? No, no, no. no. Okay. I'm not predicting, but I am suggesting. Where here's my thing. The reason I don't think the grounded uh, reboot worked as well as it could have is because, like for example, Halloween could work for a grounded reboot. You know why? Because it's never been fully explored that he is somehow supernaturally the way he is. Mm-hmm. Right. It's always been implied, like, there's always reasons for the reason, like, that he survives, but the idea that he's always can still be killed by normal means, right? Jason, on the other hand, is heavily into the supernatural part of it, that he technically is a is dead, but back to life, stuff like that. So, yeah. technically, he's a, he is a, a zombie, right? So, imagine taking the route of something like uh, Sinister. Walking Dead? No, no, no. I was fucking with you. No, like, like Sinister. <laughs> okay. So like a beast that 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 is brought back to life or something like Sinister would. 
Okay. So he's just a walking, talking beast no talking. that is brought back. No, not talking about walking beast mm-hmm. that technically is dead flesh or 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 some kind Arisen of supernatural. Yeah, some kind of hell brought back thing. Sure. Exactly. So not a man, not a human in a sense at this point, you know, he's some kind of uh, zombie demon type thing. Okay. So it's a supernatural, like where that's why it makes him that. So you're going more mystical. At least not to uh, ex- not to avoid the mystical part of it. And no, but yeah, embrace it. Embed- em- yeah, em- better embrace, embrace it, yeah. Because if you're going to go mystical, embrace the mystical side of it. But that's but- why him and Freddy worked out well. Yeah. Well, because Fre- they're, they're essentially both agents of hell that came back to Earth to inflict that kind of stuff. So do the same thing where it's like you would do with Freddy. But in a sense, like he's the only, the only reason the difference between him and Freddy is that Freddy lives in the dream world. He lives in the physical world. Exactly. Okay. But to make him grounded where he's like a human guy that does this thing, it just doesn't, um, may not work. Like, I, I just feel like it doesn't, ha- it, it, it misses that element. Okay. I'm trying, I'm trying to, trying to envision it. Yeah. I'm trying to envision it. That's my thing. I'm trying to look, I, I see where you're going with that. I do. I do like that you touch on the mystic side of it. It would, it would give it another layer of context to it. And plus, I love the whole mystic side of horror a little bit. And that's but, what I mean is like, for example, I think it, I forgot which movie it was. Or like but, what happens if it's like almost, this is more of a prediction, but if it's like there's kids that are fucking around with like witchcraft and it's like on his burial ground and he just comes back. That's what I mean is like, but you know, and that, and that could be a cheesy part of it, but, but that's what I'm saying is like, I like, I like it better when people tr- stop trying to attack something like it's human, mm-hmm. like with, with, uh, um, with, uh, with Halloween, I think it works because technically he is and that, that, that's a good way to do it. But obviously he's just beyond like beyond getting killed like normal, Yeah, but he does sustain the wounds that he gets. Um, but with Jade, like for example, I remember one movie where. The way the girl was able to defeat him was to put a chain around him and keep him in the lake that he drowned originally. So obviously it was something about the way he died there that, that, tortures kept, him. that kept it kept him dead. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is that that's why I don't think the grounded version works because he is a more of a supernatural. Unless they re- redo the whole reimagining and they give him a whole different aspect of it. But I think that's what the reboot tried to do. The, the, the grounded reboot. Yeah. So well, mm-hmm. let's see what happens. Um, I don't want I don't want to speculate too much because we don't know if this is one if they're announcing something. They say they're, they're prospectively looking to see the make an announcement by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. We might not even get it. Actually, you know what I would love to see. I love Jason of all these characters, but I love them. That's why because they they already have existing material. Yeah, give us a new one. Give us a new stalking serial killer like that. Like you know, not 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 methodical, not. Uh, uh, um, scream and like that. Give us one of these new unstoppable force. Yeah, you know, and I feel like the movies have tried, and maybe they just have to try again. Like, um, I think I said, uh, I think there was a movie called Evil C or something like that. Um, there was a, a wrestler that did a movie where he was like, uh, see no evil. Oh, a king. Yes, I thought that was good. I think that that was a. I, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm. I'm not sure why it didn't, maybe because it was, it was based on just a building type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, they were just killing around the neighborhood. But um, I felt like something like that would be cool. Or And the thing is that, that don't show the face. I think that 
when you have serial killers like that one, you have those those uh they become more iconic when they're unrecognizable. Like yeah, Freddy's the only one that I think well, because he has a very specific type of face. Yeah. Or um or Chucky because obviously he's a doll. He's a doll. But anybody else, they don't show their face because you don't want an identifier. Yeah, you want him it has to be something that seems so outrageous, outrageous that it it goes with it aesthetically, or don't show it to have as an identifier to that. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Hopefully they do. Like I don't know if a new series would hit as the these other ones did. So, I'm, I I mean obviously like we're in a different time, but it'd just be interesting to see if we can take the old, mix it with the new, and find something some find something that we both uh, everybody can love. Yeah, and get into the next topic. You know what nobody loves right now? What nobody loves right now? Warner Brothers. Discovery Warner or Warner Discovery or Discovery Warner, mm-hmm. I think. So they just announced. So uh, back in 2021, they went with this concept of uh, simultaneously having movies that came out in theaters come out in HBO Max. Yeah, I love that. You love that. And then they were like, you know what? We're going to change it up a little bit now that everything's opening up. And they did anything that comes out through Warner Brothers that hits theaters within a 45-day window. Yeah. Is gonna hit HBO Max. Okay. We were like, cool, we're good with mm. that. So now with this new Discovery Warner and a lot of this implementations of like how we spoke to it last week about Batgirl being canceled, they announced that any movie that hits theaters is gonna be on a case by case basis to see if they're gonna be shown on HBO Max. And the first one to do that right now apparently is gonna be uh, they said there might be this would be the Elvis one movie that I know it's, it's already nearing 45 days and they haven't made an announcement when it will be released in HBO max. And a lot of it is, and then on top of that, they're um, going to be closing off a lot of content or uh, a lot of content that they had original content are not guaranteed that they'll stay on the platform. For for perpetuity, <laughs> so basically, it's just becoming HBO for real. Apparently, that's where the the that's where the is what they say is a strategic move. And no, it's financial move. It's not strategic. Yeah, so so they're eliminating. It's going to be a case by case determining when the, theatrically released Warner Brother films will become available to stream. That just basically just means that if they think they can make more money from. Keeping in the theaters, but even that, not only keeping it in theaters, so they could be, you know what? Well, well, let's see how it does in theaters. All right, it made. Let's say it did decent. Have the what they got, what they expected, depending on the forecast they were predicting. They'll go straight to Prime, and have it for rental or or buy only. When that exhausts itself, then maybe they'll have it for HBO Max, if that. But if it, if it, I guess if it bombs in movies, so then this will be an identifying factor then from mm-hmm. how movies do because it, the pace on what their budget is and what they expected to have a return. If a movie comes out and then in 45 days it goes in straight to the HBO Max, you know, it's pretty much of a shit movie. See, but then that bothers me. That sucks because that means, like, say people, because there's movies that, um, there's movies that I want to watch. But I don't just feel like it's worth like because right now I'm very picky when it goes to going to theater. 
Mm-hmm. Like it has literally has to be something that I that I feel like I can't wait for. Maybe because I don't want people to ruin it for me. But I'd rather just always rather wait for the movie to come back and just watch it when I get home, like when I yeah. get to theaters. But in this aspect, basically, they're just gonna they just want to go back to what they had before. Yeah, pretty much. That's what it sounds like. Prior to, but they that's one. But prior to the teasing, pandemic. Yeah, but they, it felt like I didn't really care for that model anyways because a lot of movies... Even, even prior to the con, um, pandemic when they first came out, they didn't even have a lot of content. And people were like, yo, this is at the bottom of the barrel. And now with everything, that all the movies that came out with it, and, and once it included that 45-day release window, and plus the original content that they've been throwing out there, that's, just, that's my, one of my top three go-tos, streaming platforms, to be like, what's going on right now? What's, what's out? And that's why I watched some of my movies most recently or TV shows. I just don't, I just feel like people, people make it seem like before the pandemic theaters were booming. It wasn't. People, it was not like, that's the thing. Just always remember one thing. When was the last romantic comedy that released in theater? That released in theater? Yes. Ooh. But that's what I'm saying is shit. The reason I say that is because that's when people would go to the theater to watch almost anything. Yeah. Is romantic? I'm not saying romantic guys are bad. I'm just saying that's why I felt like people that, had that's, more. Uh, that's the more the more rare audience that they would have. It's not Le- the less yeah. the least dedicated audience. But that's like, it's just something that people just used to love to do for fun. Hey, I'm on a date. Let's go watch romantic comedy. Something like that. Yeah. Like, I just feel like people just stopped doing that. People only wanted to go and that. Thought, what, are, what are their fans of? That's what I'm saying. Like, if, if it, like a, a fan big, like horrors. Yeah, yeah, not on that. Yeah, of course, big budget. But like anytime, uh. Triple A blockbuster titles like Star Wars, anything Marvel, DC, pre-pandemic, or like horror had a huge fan base. Horror was like so wide because people that love horror will watch Go Support Horror just to support the movie. Because like that, if and I noticed that like if you go watch, if a bunch of people went to go watch horror, the production company they'd be like, oh my god, everybody's watching this movie. Let's put more money into horror. Star Wars is his own machine. Marvel is his own machine. DC is his own. So rom com is the only one that it's own. It's very heavily based on who's directing it or the leading actor or actress in it. That would that would send the that fan base in. But then outside of that would be anybody that'd be like, you know what? Let's go watch this rom com as like a date night or just just to get was, out of it. It was a very whatever. Let's watch this movie. Even yeah. think about it, even comedies like. Comedies were just movies that mostly anybody was just, hey, listen, it's whatever. It's Thursday, Friday. Let's go check this out. I just feel like people don't realize right before the pandemic, it was really not, it wasn't drawing people back like that. Like, I used to go to, we used to go every Thursday. We had that membership. Yeah. And even then, we were like going to empty theaters. Like, I felt for, like. For a debut night, too. Yeah. So, and I think that the pandemic did have an effect. I just think it pushed it further. Basically pushed it to his inevitable conclusion, which is that movies with a bigger draw and a bigger budget and like a, a basically the only movies that survive theaters anymore are popcorn flicks, like big budget popcorn flicks, because that's what the people that are going to because everybody, everything else, people be like, I just wait. And that's the thing is like, it's not just that they would wait. It's almost like, well, there's a lot of content go- on all these other platforms that I'd rather watch rather than go to the theater and watch that one. Yeah. So your streaming networks are producing just as good or bigger or or, or good content, and well, I'm like, why am I going to go to the theater to watch that one? I, re- I could just stay here and watch this. 
Yeah, no, of course. So that's what I'm saying. So doing that methodology, I don't think it, it, I don't know. It just, it it's going hin- to hinder it a lot. It's just going to make it seem like, and that's another thing too, like you just said, is when people, when a movie, when a movie gets released like too soon, it's automatically going to have the stigma. It's bad. It, like yeah. when you ha- they had this previous system, people got excited. Hey, this movie's in the theater. It was popular. Let's go watch it. But now it's almost like if it lasted not, four days, if it, yeah, it's going to have that stigma. It was like, well, it only lasted 45 days. Now. Like now it's going to have that stigma where it's like, well, it's only 45 days. So it's probably not going to be good. It's, it's, in, it's in streaming. Yeah. So like if you just had that network with 45 day boom, then people are just going to get set to watch anything. But now it's going to be like, well, I don't know. You know, it's, it didn't last a year. You know, sometimes it's like <laughs> they're going to have a stigma on, on anything that gets released too soon. So we'll see. I, 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 I don't like, I mean, but you know why I don't like, I'm, I have a bias. against. No, of course you do. Because I love watching movies at home and I'm trying to like, I would love a theater in a home. So I don't know. Let's see what happens. So you know what you should do is what? once you have your th- your in-home theater fully set up, mm-hmm. create an LLC and make and label it as a theater so you get rights to like rent movies that you can watch. Like, see, but okay, so <laughs> if I do that, I feel like you can charge I, family members to come watch movies with you. I have to charge them, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I can't just watch it like for free. That's it, what I mean. It's like. There's <laughs> a very limited capacity movie theater, and I believe I. You know, it's funny. Uh, there was a time when we went to a. Remember those uh, when we used to go to those uh, model meetups? Yeah, there was a theater we went to, and it literally had two theaters in that movie theater. And I guarantee those seats were not seating like hundreds of people. Oh no, it was like fifty maybe. Yeah, so I'm wondering how much revenue do you have to kind of get to, to justify be, it to be considered a movie theater? Yeah, like. <laughs> All right, there's a discussion we're gonna do off the podcast. Yes, <laughs> be inviting all the other podcasters and like <laughs> yes, movie meetups. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the latest episodes from my mom's garage. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at from my mom's garage. And as always, you can email us at fmmgpodcast at gmail Like always, tell a friend, send a friend, bring a friend. See you next week. Later. <laughs>